Hey, look out. It's Faith Talk Live. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. And it is Tuesday. Hope you're having a, a, a great Tuesday. I'm, I'm still not sleeping well. I don't think it's the uh, the time change, though. I think it's uh, I think it's uh, Donna moving around and making noise because I'm the first one of the two of us to go to bed every mm-hmm. single night. And uh, apparently uh, she didn't she hasn't found how to be quiet uh, <laughs> still after 40 years. She's still pretty noisy. I don't know what to do. Uh, tell her to sleep in another room. <laughs> okay. Maybe that's not the best way to go about it. <laughs> now I did sleep uh, in another room for the longest time before she got her CPAP. Mm-hmm. Um, because her snoring, I mean, her snoring was the shingles were falling off the roof. The shutters, the shutters on the windows were flapping back and forth, and they're not even the flappable kind. Wow, that's impressive. So I would have to go into uh, there in my studio. There's a day bed, and I would sleep. I would sleep in there. So which was which was odd because uh, you know we've been married for at that time probably about what thirty six, thirty seven years, mm-hmm. and then I had to sleep there for a while. So, but with the CPAP. She's not snoring. That's good. But to get into the bed and hook the CPAP up. Oh. Yeah. So, in fact, I woke up. I think she came to bed. Uh, came to bed about one o'clock this morning, and that's when I woke up. And I got up, went out into the living room, and laid down on the couch. And uh, after about an hour, I then went back to sleep. Then it was time to get up. So, <laughs> so I'm a little. I might be a little. I might be a pill today, talking with people. Well, that'll make it more interesting and fun, I think. We're having a a, a get together today at the station. Is is it a St. Patrick's Day? I know we're we're eating from Fado's, which is an Irish pub. Yeah, one of our favorites here in Buckhead. Is it? Are we celebrating uh, St. Patrick's Day? What are we doing? I I assume so. Yesterday, when I was here, uh, I walked by the conference room and it had St. Patty's Day stuff everywhere. So, I'm assuming that's what it's all about. So, uh, and well, I, I didn't wear green. Uh, I we, didn't either. Well, it's not St. Patrick's Day, so nobody should. Okay, so day. nobody will pinch us. Right. Remember doing that in school? Was oh, it? all the time, yeah. Yeah. You didn't wear green. And I'd say, no, I have green underwear on here. <laughs> <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time I said that, because yeah. I would forget to wear green, I'd be a rich man today. Speaking of school, I noticed on the Facebook today, a notification on my 45th high school reunion. Wow. North Carroll High School in Carroll County, Maryland, is having their 45th high school reunion in October. I haven't been to any reunions. I'm Facebook friends with some of the people in high school, but I don't know. I don't know if I should suck my stomach in and go, or I don't know. I I, I went to one and... You know, well, it was a 10 year, so maybe that's not far enough removed from high school. But I, I just, I hardly knew anybody there at the 10 year. So I'm thinking, I, I don't know. I don't want to waste the money and go. I went to a small county school. I mean, it was bigger than a one room schoolhouse, but it was a county school and it was, uh, it was, it was just built. Um, mm-hmm. And so the class was the small. I wish I could remember how many graduated. Seems like 98 people or something. Wow. Some, some like small number. 
I may be wrong on that, but um, I think a lot of the folks in that town, which is fine, a lot of folks in that area kind of stay in that area, and they're the ones that do all the reunions. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, as soon as I could, I I got out of that town and and started moving around, and so I don't know. I think you get a different perspective in a yeah. sense. Not yeah, that I couldn't I relate to them. But all I would talk, probably all we would talk about was, you know, back in the day. And, and now at 62, I can't remember what happened back in the day. <laughs> I don't remember what day it is today, but much less back in the day. Anyway, so uh, I know some people... you've been town to town, up and down the dial. <laughs> I should sing. If they have karaoke, if they have, I'm going to sing two songs. If they have karaoke, which I think would be really cool. Yeah. I could sing the WKRP song mm-hmm. that came on, right? And everybody yep. would know that we had a, a high school radio station there that only played inside the the high school. Hmm. And so they knew that I was a part of that. Uh, and then the other song I'd love to sing karaoke would be tequila, because you really only have one word that you sing at yeah. some point. Very true, but but you got to do the Pee Wee Herman dance along with it. So didn't he wear um, platform shoes? Yes, and that well, he was in that biker bar, and uh, that's a very funny scene. I love that scene because they say uh, one one of them yells out, "Let's kill him and then beat him up." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching that with. Uh, with my boys and they thought that was hysterical, which I didn't catch the first time that I saw that movie. I didn't catch that the sequence of what they said when they said it. Yeah. So many of those movies like that, um, you know, like airplane and, and Pee Wee Herman and just blazing saddles, all those (laughs) so many different, (laughs) you got to watch that one. Uh, Yeah, I know, but there's so many uh, lines that you miss the first time going through and genius. Dan and I are not, endorsing any of these movies we just grew up with them and that and uh, uh ladies and gentlemen let that be a lesson to you yeah. uh, uh be aware of what your kids are watching otherwise they'll get into broadcasting and they'll become washed up djs <laughs> my parents they just i think they just wanted to get rid of me they said here <laughs> here's whatever the movie they probably gave me like five bucks, which was enough back then for the movie and and popcorn and, a and drink. popcorn and maybe candy or whatever. Yeah. But we would go with it. I would go with a group of guys. We were probably about uh, 12, 13, 11, whatever it was. I mean, they let us watch stuff like Blazing Saddles, which I think was rated. It was rated R, I think. It was rated R. Yeah. Young Frankenstein was another one. Yeah. Um, and so, but they didn't check at the movie theater. They didn't care. Yeah. I just, as long as they made their money, they were fine. Anyway, how'd we get into that movies? Uh, I don't know if you watched the Oscars or not. I, I, I haven't in so many years. I can't remember. I think John Wayne was still alive last time. I, that's been quite a while back. Yeah. Although I found it interesting. Um, they talked about, and I've not seen this this film everything everywhere all at once mm-hmm. and i'm I'm going to try to pronounce the the gentleman's name is a k who kwan a jonathan k kwan who played uh in this movie in fact he got a uh, best supporting actor he was also 
uh, in Indiana Jones Temple of Dune. Right. He yeah. he, he was uh, short round. Yeah. He was he was in the Goonies, and he was in the head of the class. Remember head of the class? I yeah. watched that on television. That was yeah. with Howard Hessman, who was on WKRP in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And then the Encino Man, which I think I saw a couple of times, but not on purpose. I was forced to watch. I, no, I never watched that because I was not a Polly Shore fan. But was that Brendan Fraser that was the Encino oh, what, was Man? He? Yeah, that oh, okay. came I'm, back I'm to life. Of another one then the Polly yeah, Shore they, was in. They dug him up or something, and he came back to life. I think I don't know. It's been hmm. it's been forever. But I I saw on uh, CBS they did an interview with. Um, Jonathan Kekwan, and he basically thought he was washed up. He wasn't getting any more calls. He had grown up, and he was like, oh, he was kind of depressed. And so what he did was he went to school there in, I think, L.A., film school, and he became a stunt stunt person <laughs> for, like, X-Men and stuff like that. So he trained stunt people. And then for some odd reason— I don't know if it was because it was another Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg called him, saw him in something and called him up or something, but gave him the opportunity to try out for this movie. And he just nailed it. But he he wasn't really excited about it. In fact, he was nervous because he'd been washed up for so long. Hmm. Uh, but he did. He had quite the um, the speech when he got his Academy Award. But to 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 kind of. uh follow his life from the last, whatever the last film he did uh, till now is interesting. And they're basically saying, don't give up, just keep going. I, now I wish I would have seen it for just for that part. I, I've gotten so tired of watching the Oscars lately, just because half the time, I don't know any of the movies that are on there and everybody makes political statements. And I'm just like, ah, bleh. Well, I will say that from what I understand, the ratings were up a little bit from last year, although there were no slaps this year. Of some oh, well, see, that it's not worth watching <laughs> if there's no slapping going on. You know, they got to bring that up, right? They, yeah, they bring, they'll probably bring that up until you and I are gone. I mean, it'll be... Chris Rock and Will Smith will never live that night. Hey, down. remember those guys? I don't remember who they were, but yeah. they slapped each other. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of years later, they used fish to slap each other with. That man got so much fun. The food must have been good, and somebody said, slap your mama, and that's what they did. <laughs> that's what well, they did. Anyway. Hey, let's take a break. Uh, we're going to talk about what's going on here at the station. Uh, we're doing all kinds of things, including a Cure International, which is coming up next week. Uh, helping kids uh, in Africa and other countries with the Cure International uh, Medical Hospitals. And also, the Women of the Fish. We'll talk about what they're doing. That and more right after this. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Radcliffe. This is Faith Talk Live. Live, I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Hope you're having a, a great one. Uh, yes, it will warm up, is, is what the weather people say. Yeah, yeah, that's what and they And then it'll say. get cold again. I thought I thought we were done. I was ready to... I was waiting for Donna. She does this because I don't volunteer to do it. We change our clothes out seasonally. Mm-hmm. So we'll take the winter clothes in the summertime, put them up in the attic, and then get them when we need them. And I, I just hate doing it, so I don't yeah. bring it up. But it's coming. 
she'll say, and I was surprised she didn't do it because it was so warm for so long. I was waiting for, and it's a Saturday project. It's, and it's not a short project. It's a, no, long, I say just leave them all in the closet. We leave all of ours in the closet. That way they're always there just in case. You know, if we were supposed to wear clothes, God would have, we'd have been born with clothes. Yeah, right. Let's walk around naked. <laughs> <laughs> that would be scary on every, on every yes, level. Right. All right. I noticed uh, today that Dan has a reusable water bottle and he needs to, to listen to what I just found out. Yeah. That now recent studies says reusable bottles can contain 40,000 more bacteria than a toilet seat. Oh, lovely. Do you wash your, I hope you wash it every day. Do you wash yeah, it every day? Uh, I don't know that I do it every day, but I wash it pretty often. Yeah. Now they say that you need to wash it and sanitize it. How would you sanitize it? I, I guess spray, you know, alcohol or something on it. I don't know. Or like not bleach, huh? Would you bleach it and then I, let it? And then rinse it out? I don't know. I, I don't want the bleach flavor in there. Just be careful. Uh, it's, it's twice as many germs as the kitchen sink and the pet's drinking bowl. Wow. Well, maybe I should go back to using all the plastic bottles. <laughs> <laughs> they told me that was bad, so I switched to this. One of these days, we'll be drinking. Uh, well, how will we be drinking? We'll be, we'll be, we'll have to. We'll Stick have to go our, lap from the stream outside. And there you go. The old days. Or under the faucet. Or when I was a kid, if you were out in the summertime, you turned the hose on. Yep. And who knows how. I mean, that thing must have been filled with all kinds of bacteria. Yeah, and I never thought about it back then. No, uh, who I did? I drink out of the hose all the time. Although every now and then I thought, you know, I've seen snails around here. Do they crawl up this ho hose when we're not looking? And am I drinking snail water? Yeah, who knows? Uh, the French got that, and they decided to cook them. So there you go. It's going to escargot. <laughs> All right, according to uh, you, uh, according to uh, a later uh, a study just out, uh, Americans appear to be angrier hmm. uh, than than ever, and this is with uh, companies. I would say with companies that you have to call back on the phone mm. and say, uh. I ordered such and such, and it's missing a part. Or yep. now, I told you about the shark, the vacuum that we have, mm -hmm. and uh, the battery. I must have bought a knockoff battery. I didn't realize it on on Amazon. It wasn't Amazon's fault. I just probably didn't pay attention. So I saw the price is what I did. Yep. The price for the real battery was like 60 bucks. The price for the knockoff was 20 so I said, ah, get the 20. Well, it never charged. So, mm. you know, that That's was my, why it was $20. Yeah, that, that was my bad. fault. So, you know, they're, they're living it up with my 20 bucks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you got I, another sucker. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, so I bought a legitimate shark battery from the shark company. Mm -hmm. And, uh, they sent me an email. They said it was going to take a couple of weeks. I paid, I think I paid 60 plus, maybe 70 bucks with the shipping, 70 something, which is crazy for a battery. Yeah, it is. So anyway, I'm willing to pay the price because, you know, we got to have, I mean, the house is getting dirty. We're wearing boots to walk through the living room now. It's so thick with dirt and dust. 
Don't you have a son who knows how to use a regular vacuum cleaner? Like I said, we're walking <laughs> through the... No, that's a whole nother story, which I'll tell you another time about our vacuum cleaners. Okay. Because um, I took them in to get service because they weren't running efficient. That's right. They were all clogged. Because it wasn't sucking. Yes, and that's costing me an arm and a leg. Yeah. I should be angry. I am angry. You should be. <laughs> so anyway, all right, back to the battery story. So they send me, it's not Shark's fault, but it's the delivery service. And they deliver the battery and they take a picture of our mailbox. It really is our mailbox. Now, you know, we live in the country. There's about eight homes on this this uh, this road. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't go through. It's a cul-de-sac down at the bottom of where the farm is. And so we don't have the stealing type, but the battery was not in the uh, the mailbox. Mm. So I called Shark yesterday, and uh, they said, well, we don't normally just send the battery out because it's missing, which I thought was kind of odd myself. Yeah. But they did. He made a, and I don't know if that was his sales shtick or whatever, for he wanted me to fill out the, you know, at the end, after you talk to those people on the phone, you... You give them a rating. A little so, survey, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, so anyway, he's sending one out. But I'm a little miffed at the, the delivery service, and it's not Amazon. Amazon's really good. They usually bring it to the front door. Yeah. But we've had some problems with some of the other delivery services. One of them actually threw it or placed it beside the mailbox and it had rained on it. That was about six six months ago. And I'm wondering uh, if um, they took the picture of the, of the box and uh, they didn't have the battery or they misplaced the battery. Or they just took the picture and forgot to put the battery in, or maybe they needed a shark battery because they bought the cheaper one. Yeah. Well, you know, Donna was thinking about, you know, somebody stealing. I said, we don't have, people are not stealing out of our mailboxes in our neighborhood. I mean, everybody. Steal something that's probably not going to be a battery. Yeah. I mean, why would you do that? We're all, it's, you know, mostly old people on this road. We're all too old. We're too tired. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so if you work for uh, a service that delivers, please. Please bring it to the front door. Mm-hmm. Please be like Amazon. My gracious. All right. What do we got going on? I know we talked about Cure International. You know, this this is real. This is the first time that we've worked with with Cure International. I, I had never really heard about these folks, Cure International Hospitals. Uh, but Brant Hansen uh, and uh, t- uh, Todd, I uh, forgot his, what's his last name, Dan? Todd, Todd. Todd, Todd and uh, Todd, like ah. uh, um, are a part of uh, the Cure International. They're the spokespeople mm-hmm. uh, f- uh, with us and just explaining what Cure International does in these countries where uh, these it's kids that have these disabilities that here in the U.S. I mean, surgeons fix them all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they do them successfully. Well, there they don't have that. And they the kids and the parents can get ostracized and shunned and shamed. Right. And But with Cure, the hospitals, the surgeons live there for a 1000 bucks, only a 1000 And I say that, a 1000 a lot of money. But in the whole... But for scheme, a surgery. But for a surgery, uh, they can fix that. And we've seen video of kids that 
started out with with disabilities and then the surgeons fixed them because of donations mm-hmm. and what they do, their craft. They're so good. They're calling. And it's unbelievable how they're they're helped. So we're asking dial town pound two fifty and say help kids heal. What is it? We're asking for two fifty, and that's a quarter of a surgery. Right, thousand dollars will pay for a full surgery, which again is just amazing that you get a full surgery that fixes the things like they're doing for a thousand bucks. I mean, if you did that here in America, shoo-wee, it'd be about like ten thousand dollars. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We went to the ER, and some of the bills are coming in with uh, Elijah and Donna, and those bills are coming in. My gracious. Yeah. Like you said the other day, one pill's like a thousand dollars. That's mm-hmm. for real. I said for an aspirin, come on, I can go down to Walgreens <laughs> and get it for five bucks. It wasn't even a chewable uh, kid's aspirin no. either. It's one of no. those old kind that you had to swallow with water. It was chalky and gross and Yeah. Well, we got about a minute or so. Uh what about uh the women of the fish? Which sounds like a movie, but it's not a movie. It's it's bigger than a movie. No, it's not a movie. It's it's a, an event, actually. Uh, we're inviting ladies to, on May 4th, at the Metropolitan Club in Alpharetta. Uh, all of the ladies from 104.7 The Fish are going to be there, uh, just encouraging you and hanging out and having fun. And special speaker Shanti Felden and uh, musical artist Lauren Lee Anderson going to be there. Ladies, it's just a great time to get together and, you know, do whatever it is that ladies do when they all gather together in a big group. So you can go get all the details at the fish. At, uh, I'm sorry, at uh, faithtalkatlanta.com. You know what they do? They all get together and make honeydew lists for their husbands. That's what they do. That's what they do. And yeah. then they sound like. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and, uh, let's cluck along here. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. I'm Rick Broke. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. This is Faith Talk Live. Hey, look out. It's Faith Talk Live. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. There he is, the living legend, Joel Malm, one of our favorite guests. I mean that, Joel. He's yes. author, wow. pastor, speaker. And today's a big day because uh, Connecting the Dots, his latest book is out, What God is Doing When Life Doesn't Make Sense. This is a blood, sweat, and tears book here. This is not something he just thought up after pizza. He's lived this thing. Joel, how are you? Oh, I'm good. Thanks for having me on again. You know no, what Rick, I'm Rick, when you about. introduced him, you forgot once again to say he's a Texas resident. We have to say that every time yeah. because Texas is God's country. That's right. Even when it's 90 degrees, right, Joel? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alive, uh, live and well there in, in Kerrville, which is not too far from, from San Antonio. Now, I don't yeah. know my Texas geography, but how how far, how close or how far is san antonio we are one hour from the airport so we're okay. about 45 minutes from the outskirts and one hour to the to the dead Not center there. Yeah. yeah awesome well how are you before we get into the book how's everything else i know you've had projects there in kerrville uh with what you do uh you you bring people in usually pastors right to get some some rest and, and relaxation uh, etc plus you travel quite a bit. You mentioned earlier, you're going to Washington state and Alaska this year, uh, probably other places too. Sometimes you even go out of the country, don't you? Yep. Yep. we got trips to Peru planned this year. Uh, I mean, Switzerland, France, um, Greece, a bunch of different trips. So yeah. I want to go on those. That come on last. Yeah. Well, we got, I could probably get you. I could, I know a guy. I could probably get you on that Peru trip. If you want. Yeah, so. yeah. We've been to Switzerland. It was beautiful. Loved it. <laughs> unbelievable yeah last year last year was a wild year guys uh and i found out i have melanoma 
Right. I believe the Lord miraculously healed me of that because when I went in for the surgery, they couldn't find it. Awesome. So uh, it's an amazing story. It's just a whole new perspective on life when you got something in your body that'll kill you. Yeah. Um, you just start to see things very differently. And uh, it was, I, I'm, I'm in a weird way, I'm grateful for it, which is kind of interesting because that's kind of what this book is about. It's literally mm-hmm. about when you look back on the stuff God allowed into your life, you're going to go, wow. Well, he really knew what he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> so, but at the time that you're going through it, it's like, God, what are you doing to me here? Man, hearing the C word is jolting. It's yeah. very jolting. Yeah. yeah. So, but it was crazy because last year, like some of the most amazing trips of my life, I got to go to P- Patagonia for the first time. Uh, got to go to the Azores Islands for the first time. But then, right in the middle of that, getting cut open, uh, pretty panic filled two months. So yeah. it was, it's been a wild, it's been a wild ride this last year. And I'm hoping this year is a lot less eventful. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We're with you there. Joel mom. We love talking to him. An amazing man connecting the dots, what God is doing when life doesn't make sense. Joel, we want to talk about what the, what the book is all about is it's to help people. But at what point did you uh, sit down and go, wait a minute, I see God really co- connecting the dots here. What I thought was confusion and mishaps and maybe oopses, mm-hmm. uh, you saw the connection. At what point did you see that? Well, people ask me how long it took me to write the book, and I'm like, well, about 45 years. <laughs> <laughs> I just turned 45 last week. <laughs> so it's one of those things where you know, Soren Kierkegaard says, life is lived forward, but can only be understood looking backward. Mm. And I had, we had this weird season a few years ago where we moved to Mexico, and basically I destroyed a ministry. Um, I don't put it on my resume and and what I've found is people usually every one of us, if we were to talk, we've got a season of our life where like when you're filling out the resume, you leave off that year or two and, and, and people are like, what happened there? Let's not bring that up, you know, (laughs) move along. Uh, or maybe there's a relationship that you had with and you're like, what was I thinking? And you're like, you know, just, you're trying to, there's a, there's a joke I tell about a guy that walked out his front door and uh, he sees a little snail on the ground. He picks it up and pitches it across the yard. Uh, a year later, that same guy hears a knock on his door and he opens the door, but there's nobody there. And uh, he looks down, there's a little snail that looks up and goes, what was that all about? <laughs> I think we've all been that snail and God, like, we feel like God was the guy at the door and you're like, God, like I was doing my best to serve you. I was trying to obey. I thought I heard your voice. And I feel like it took me a year to crawl back to where I started from yeah. Yeah, what yeah. felt like a setback. Well, I've found in my life, most of the time, the seasons that I'd rather leave off the resume, those were literally the deepest, most profound seasons of growth in my life. And they are horrible in the middle of them. Yeah. But on the other side, uh, I'm seeing it. So one of the things I, in the story, in the, in the book, I talk about experience in Mexico. One of the things I, when we lived in Mexico, we lived right on the, the ocean and everything just rotted all the time. And I remember when we got there, I called a guy. I was like, who do I call to fix these things? And the guy's like, <laughs> you got to fix them, buddy. I'm like... <laughs> I don't fix things. I, I am. I'm a spiritual fixer, not a literal fixer. Uh, <laughs> and I had to learn how to fix stuff. And and now building this retreat center over the last few months, I realized I would have never had the confidence to undertake these things uh, when I down there learning how to fix stuff. I realized, you know, most of the people that fix stuff aren't any smarter than me. They've just taken the time to learn how to do it. Yes. Yeah. And now I'm like. Oh, yeah, I'll figure it out. You know, a couple couple electrical jolts later, I, I figure it out, right? But <laughs> uh, and I, I realize now that was God building my confidence, making me stronger to be able to take on something I never thought I was capable of, and that's where I see it. But I, I've seen it in so many areas of my life, and so many people I've seen 
that have this real sense of mission and destiny and purpose, it all started out of one of the darkest seasons of their life. And God takes, well, we heard it said their mess and he turns it into a message. Mm. Um, I like to say it this, he takes your survival story and turns it into somebody else's survival manual. That's Mm. good. That's so good. You talk about in the book about how, uh, you know, connecting the dots is helping you to find peace and confidence in what you're currently facing. So this past year, when you were going through that whole melanoma battle, were you able to find peace or was it not quite so peaceful? Here's the weird thing. I kind of knew it was coming because in the book, I talk about this circular pattern to God's work. Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. He leads me in paths of righteousness. And that Hebrew word paths means paths made of circles. Hmm. And in the book, um, I'm, I wrote, I basically made this chart uh, that basically shows kind of what I'm convinced is the pattern of God's work. Every, every season of life starts with a turning point. Something happens that changes your life. Maybe something you expected, maybe something you didn't expect. Uh, and then there's this uh, courage that's required to step into it. Then there's a guide that shows up. Our guide is the Holy Spirit. Then there's a definitive decision you have to take to, to, to really lean into the season and get into the season and just totally commit. And then there's a series of challenges you face. And then there's a dark cave where like you think, you know, they said, cheer up, things could get worse. So I cheered up and things got worse. Like we all hit a season where where, like there's this dark cave and you have to enter this dark cave and face off with the dragon. And usually the dragon's inside of you. Mm -hmm. Um, And last year was so hard building that retreat center. I saw the challenges and I'm like, uh oh, in fact, I remember telling my best friend, I'm like, I got a feeling it's going to get harder before it gets better. Mm. And when I got that diagnosis, it, the crazy thing, here's the crazy thing. I had just dropped my daughter off at school a few weeks earlier, and I, I, I felt like I heard this voice. Was it the Lord? or I don't know, but I heard him say, just want to remind you, everything I send your way is a gift, ultimately. And I was like, oh, how sweet, Lord. Then, <laughs> oh, <laughs> then two weeks later, this comes in, and I, that voice reminded me, everything's a gift. I'm like, all right, Lord, this is my dark cave. I want to make sure I come out of this and I want to handle it well. And man, it didn't stop the tears and fear and the nights awake. But I knew, I was like, this is a test. And, um, and, and I've heard people say, well, God doesn't test you. I'm like, really? Like, talk to Job. Like, yeah, Job got a really crummy test. Like, he was doing what was right and still got tested. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, that's the... That's the basic thing. I kind of knew it was coming, which is which is weird. But that's the thing. I, I my goal with this book is to help you see that a lot of the things you're going to are through right now are actually probably part of they're they're in the pattern of the way God works in our life, and ultimately you're going to come out of it with glory because He works all things, all things, melanoma, sickness, the divorce, everything together for the good of those who love him, those who are called according to his purpose. He's going to accomplish his purpose in your life. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to bring it to completion. So if you're in the middle of this, maybe you're in the dark cave right now and you're going, there's no way we're getting out of this. Listen, it ain't over till it's over. And on the other side of it, you're going to walk out of there with a message and a mission. He's going to give you a message to share and a problem to solve that you're uniquely equipped to solve because you've been through the fray. Mm Mm-hmm. Good so good. Joel Malm connecting the dots, what God is doing when life doesn't make sense. If I remember correctly, you were sitting down and doing the audio for this book the last time we talked to you, I think, or the time before. So this is not only in print, but it's in audio form, right? You got it. Yeah, they they uh, they let me record the audio. They, they told me how to slow down a little bit. But uh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all have to do that. I, I think that's uh, the direction I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the audio 
audio. Do you get some? Uh, do you say a little extra on the audio, or is it uh, word for word? No, there's a there's a producer that makes sure that you you you're saying it word for word. Oh man! So yeah. Uh. We were hoping maybe there'd be a little, hey, Rick and Dan, while you were talking. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) There was, but it got cut in post. (laughs) (laughs) That's the next book. Yes. That's That's right. That's when we go to, uh, where where were we talking about? Not Patagonia. Where were you talking about going? Uh, Switzerland. Switzerland. Yeah. uh, yeah. Awesome. Joel Malm, pick up this book. Uh, If you don't uh, have the time to read it, listen to it. It's on audio and print joelmom.com you still doing the podcast with your dad or have you been too busy no we've been doing it in fact the last few episodes have actually been us unpacking each chapter of the book um i i wanted to get my dad's feedback on the book so he he read it and it's been kind of fun listening to him uh kind of give his take on the book so that's what we go on through every chapter i love that and i've heard some of those podcasts i need to go back and, and listen to these the one the ones you're just talking about but I've gone back, uh, I forget it was six months ago, eight months ago, and was listening to a podcast. And I love the dynamic. The relationship you uh, you and your dad is not, it, it's, it's, it's deep. Uh, and it's a real relationship. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it, I know your father's son, but it sounds like your friends. And you're both on the, I mean, I love how it's give and take. Like your dad speaks and he, he's like, then you speak and it kind of flows. It's conversational and it's really, really practical. And it's good for you. So check it out. Uh, the podcast that uh, I forgot what you call it, though. What do you just call called it? The Mom Podcast. It was okay. super original. Yeah, <laughs> A lot of thought went into that. Yeah. Way to go. Way to go. All right, Joel. Well, let's uh, pick up with you in a few months to see what's going on. We'll we'll catch up with you on the book. Uh, folks are going to read it. Folks are going to listen to it. And it's going to touch their lives, no doubt. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. This is Faith Talk Live. Hey there, it is Faith Talk Live. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. Live from uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, in that area anyway, it is Deborah Faleda, and she is an author. In fact, she has six books under her belt. She's a podcaster and a speaker. She's pretty amazing. We're going to talk today about a book that is out today, Reset Powerful Habits to Own Your Thoughts, Understand Your Feelings, and Change Your Life. Deborah, how are you? I am so good. Thank you so much for having me. All right. So you're, uh, yeah, I mean, you've done this. This is not your first rodeo. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you've got six books that you've put out. I don't know if that includes this one. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so what do you usually do on the day of? Is there something that you, do you wear the same socks? Do you <laughs> always drink the same coffee on day? You know, we that- actually do have a tradition. Okay. So my family and I have four kids. And we go out and we take copies of the book and we leave them around town with little messages, kind of like a scavenger hunt for people to find and hopefully be blessed by the message in the book. We just pray that the Lord leads them to the right people. And we just kind of enjoy the celebration of today of putting out a new message into the world. I love that. That's very cool. And have you ever gotten a call from someone who's like, hey, I just found this book and I read it and it was awesome. Have you heard anything like that yet or? You know, not necessarily in that regard, but I have, I've heard from people who found it and um, it's just exciting to yeah. see what, what God is doing behind the scenes. Some of it, some of it I'll probably never know until we get to heaven one day, but we just kind of put this message out and, and I'm truly believing this specific message about healing and change 
from the inside out rather than the outside in. I, I really believe it's something our generation needs to hear right now. And, and, and we're ready to receive it. We're kind of sick and tired of doing things in the same way. Our default isn't working. Yeah. We're ready for a reset. So I'm, I'm excited to see what God's going to do with this one. Well, let's talk about that. You decided to uh, sit down and write this. So why did you want to write it at this point? Why wasn't this book number one? Yeah, you know, I, I just feel like over the past few years, um, it's been pretty clear that people are struggling with different areas of their life or looking for a breakthrough and trying different things. And I, I really think going through 2020 was really the pressure cooker for so many people because a couple years later now, all of that pressure is starting to come to the surface. And that's yeah. what happens when we go through hard things. During the middle of it, we're in survival mode. But that pressure begins to build and build and build. And later on in a season where life is a little bit more safe and secure, that pressure starts to come to the surface. It's like, it's time to deal with me now. So even in my counseling practice, I'm a licensed counselor. And in my practice, I'm seeing people just just booming, coming in, saying, I, I thought I was okay, but I'm not. And there's things in my life that I really need to change and reset. So uh, let's start then. How how do we go about resetting? You got thirty one different uh, kind of ways of doing this, but yeah, talk about just initially. How do we how do we first get into? I really need a reset. Well, it's thirty one different practices, but I'll tell you. I'll, I'll start with what not to do. <laughs> what <laughs> you shouldn't do is try to change from the outside in. Right. You know, I had this car in college that was quite a lemon, and it was constantly break down on me. The windshield wipers would start to go, the alarm would start to blare, the windows would roll down suddenly, and it was. <laughs> I had that was, car too. <laughs> <laughs> we might have had the same car because it was so frustrating. I could have taped those windows shut taking the windshield wipers off and muffled that alarm, right? And that's what we sometimes do with healing and change. When there's something in our life we want to change, we want to get healthier. We want to stop raging and, and losing our cool with anger. We want to fix our relationship problems. We want to deal with our depression and anxiety. So a lot of times we tweak things from the outside, mm -hmm. kind of like duct taping the windows right. rather than taking the car to the shop. I, I When I took it in, the mechanic was like, underneath the surface, there's some things going wrong here. Like we yeah. need to fix these wires and reset some of this stuff. And I really believe that's what we have to do in order for us to achieve lasting change in our life. We have to start from the inside out. And what I mean by that is the understanding that your thoughts and beliefs lead to your feelings and your feelings lead to your behavior. Mm -hmm. You know, we're a little bit deeper than just the superficial. And if we try to change things superficially with our willpower, that's not going to last. Nope. Love that. Deborah Faleta, she has got a book out, Reset Powerful Habits uh, to Own Your Thoughts, Understand Your Feelings, and Change Your Life Forward by Christine Kane, Levi Lesko, Tony Collier, who has been on the show many times. She's amazing. Yeah. Now, if you ask her, do you know Rick and Dan? She'd probably say no. <laughs> but, <laughs> I love Tony. Uh, but, and Lisa Bevere. It's a great book. Lisa, I love what you say. Uh, Deborah, I love what you say about healing happens in layers. Why bad habits or struggles resurfacing is an opportunity for for deeper healing because it's not a quick fix. Yeah, it is a, a healing. It's it, it there's there takes time and effort. And I love that kind of uh, give us more on that. Yeah. It, you know, sometimes we think that healing is linear. We're just going to get better and better and better each day. But that's not realistic. 
I mean, it took you, the typical person, 40 years to get to where you are. You're not going to just change overnight. You're not just going to change in a week. It takes time for your brain to absorb these new beliefs and these new habits and these new experiences. And I always say, if you see something in your life coming back that you thought you've dealt with before, mm. remember, it's like an onion. When there's a bad spot in the onion, it, it you, you could remove the first layer, but there's still more to deal with. And there's more in different seasons. And I actually see it as an exciting thing. I know this sounds weird, but I, I, I truly feel like it's it's a wonderful thing when something comes back up to the surface, because I believe it's an invitation mm. that God is saying, I'm ready to heal you on a deeper level. That's and I good. believe you're ready to be healed on a deeper level. So I'm bringing this thing to your attention so that we can deal with it. Mm. And so when you see something come back up, don't be discouraged. Just lean into the fact that this is a new season, a new opportunity for an even deeper layer of healing than you've ever had before. Yeah. Another point that caught my eye uh, is you say it's not a one-player game. I love that. that We were built, we were made to be in community. And why are we always so afraid to ask for help, Deborah? Yeah, one of the number one ways people, one number one things people said that they were afraid to ask for help is out of fear. They're a fear of abandonment fear of rejection, yeah. fear of coming across as needy. Mm-hmm. Um, but but research has shown us that people actually want to help. And I think it's because God made us that way. We're, we are made to do life together and, and no man is an island. And so oftentimes what's keeping us stuck is ourselves, our inability to ask for help. But, but even that we have to get to the roots of. So this book is really helping you get to the roots through these different practices because maybe you don't ask for help because you've learned to suppress your needs. Mm. You know, going back, maybe you grew up in a family where there was a lot of chaos. So you learned to put your own needs on the back burner. Mm. You learned that maybe there's no place for your needs here. And so you've kind of lived that way. So it's not just about asking for help, but it's also about going back and figuring out where did I get stuck? Where Mm -hmm. did this become difficult? Where did I believe the lie that asking for help is a weakness or, or something that I shouldn't do? And and so much of our, of our behavior begins to shift when we start getting to some of those roots and and shining a light of healing on those places. That's so good, Deborah. We got to get that book, Dan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deborah Faleda. <laughs> the book is called Reset: Powerful Habits to Own Your Thoughts, Understand Your Feelings, and Change Your Life. Are you still doing the podcast, Love and Relationships, or have you put that on hold for a while until this? until this gets it gets out and people need to read it and, and listen to it. You know, you're going to love this. I'm actually not only doing the podcast, but right now we're in the middle of a reset series where I'm doing on-air counseling sessions oh, wow. with people who need a reset in different areas of their life, from toxic relationships to pornography to their relationship with food and money. And so I bring on guests and, and we hit record and we do an on-air counseling session and I help them get unstuck in different areas of their life where they need a reset. And it's been so profound. And and honestly, it's just been touching to me to just watch the Lord begin to pour out healing and open people's eyes to different things because reset isn't just psychological principles. It's rooted in God's unchanging truth. And I think that's what makes us move towards permanent and lasting change. 
I don't know if I've ever heard anybody do that before. I think that's pretty cool. It's fun. You'd love it. We last this past February, we did couples counseling on air. Um, I've actually done counseling with leaders and teachers from all across the country, from Christine Kane, Levi Lesko, Louis Giglio. We do on-air counseling sessions just to show people that the reality is we all have something. You know, just because you're a leader or a pastor or a teacher or a counselor doesn't mean you're immune. Just because mm-hmm. you're a Christian doesn't mean you're healthy. And there's things that we're all going through on this journey of healing as we become more like Jesus each step of the way. I love that we all have those beliefs that we formed over time that are driving our behavior. And yeah. sometimes we don't dig deep enough to find out why we behave the way we do. So right. good stuff. Deborah, thank you so much for, for putting this out. Uh, and uh, I love the uh, I, I love what you're doing in the podcast as well. Where I guess you can go wherever you get your podcast. What's the, the podcast called Love and Relationships? Is that where you're doing the reset stuff as yeah. well? relationships podcast we have all different kinds of series that come up throughout that it's typically a hotline style show so typically people call in and chat with me on air and we just kind of talk through their issues but every now and again we'll do these special series love that deborah faleta it's uh, deborah faleta you put that back up there Uh, deborahfaleta.com is a place to go to check out the book it is out today reset powerful habits to own your thoughts understand your feelings and change your life. We've got to take a break. We'll be right back. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. This is Faith Talk Live.